right, you may be seated. Hey, it's great to see you this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. And to all of our people who are outside this room uh, watching this message, just dive in and let the Spirit speak to you. And then later on uh, online, um, tell your friends. You can go out and watch the message. But students, it's so great to see you. Thank you for leading the way. I love what it says. Yeah, let's give, let's give it up for our students. Um, some of you know um, my great claim to fame. Not much, but uh, was an incredible season in my life when I was the student pastor uh, here at this church, right out of seminary. I was a student um, pastor here and just, man, great memories. And I tell people all the time, I could still be, if it were for the call of God on my life, clearly to do what I do now, I could still be a, you know, just doing student ministry because I love it. And I love being with our students. And it was so fun be with you guys last night. It was an incredible time this weekend. And I'm just going to encourage you to stay awake. How about that? That's challenging. But hey, you just got a little bit longer. I was talking to some of these guys, you know, you can go take a nap this afternoon. Anybody ready for a nap? Anybody? Can anybody like not nap like me when I was a kid? My parents like, go nap, you know, and I could never nap. I'm always too hyped. And then if I did, you wake up and you feel horrible. I mean, that's so I can't do that. But y'all can do that. And then later, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? You know that? With all that's going on in our country, so much division, now finally everyone um, is united around their hatred for the Patriots. So that's a great, that's a, that's a great thing. Um, but Cowboy fans are really struggling, right? Eagles? Are you kidding me? So, oh, someone on our staff, I won't mention his name, uh, he teaches off and he has a beard, um, but... Um, he said that he wanted to see, was it in uh, Dark Knight Rises? or He just wants to see the field just implode and all the players fall in. I, I don't know what that means uh, or says about some of our staff members, but um, that, I don't think that's going to happen. We don't want that to happen. No, we don't want that to happen. We, and they both can't lose, so we'll see what happens. But we got to admit that Brady, come on, he's the GOAT, right? Um, he is, there's no question about it. But uh, I'm, I'm pulling for the Eagles, right? i got to go with the Eagles because Nick Foles, gosh, Wentz, there's a whole bunch of guys who are committed to the Lord um, on that team. Now, there's a lot bigger things than winning a football game. We know that. But uh, Nick Foles has said uh, he's going to be a pastor after he gets out of the NFL. How about that? So he can't be all bad. I mean, that's pretty awesome because um, <laughs> pastors are amazing. Um, but... Uh, Wow, it's so good to see you, and it's been a super weekend, uh, and so great. Um, hey, let me ask you all this. Students, how many of you have ever uh, heard like a legit, probably all of us at some point, an, a legit echo? Like you were, maybe it was, I don't know if you've ever done it like at a canyon, where it's like for real echo. Um, that's more rare, perhaps, for some of us. Maybe you've been in a, maybe you've gone in a well, like where there's water at the bottom and it comes back at you, or you're in a, more likely, maybe a cul-de-sac or some, you know, storm drain or something you yell into and it comes back at you. Maybe a room that has an echo in it. Um, but you know how that works, right? You're just kind of there and it's kind of a, hello, hello. Oh, that was pretty awesome, by the way. Um, and you just hear this thing coming out. What's happening is it's, it's a sound wave coming back at you, right? So it goes out and it comes back. And what we've been talking about this weekend, along with a lot of other things, is how God speaks to us. Uh, the echo of his spirit. And, and you say echo, it's directly his spirit speaking to us. And so we've been learning what it is. To, how do you hear from God? Um, you know, How do we put ourselves in position to hear from him? And so we're going to close out the weekend by talking about that. 
a bit more. And it ties right to this series of messages we've been preaching throughout uh, the book of Exodus so far this year. And we've been talking about Moses. Uh, we, we call it the Moses model because he becomes a model for us uh, as to how do you hear from God. Moses heard from God, right? That was God, always the initiator, always the prompter. But he heard him. He listened to him. He haggled with him like we all do. But he finally obeyed him. Uh, we talked about how Moses is shaped, like we all are, a certain way to be used by God. We said that the story is not about a great man, Moses. It's about a great God who used just an ordinary man like you and like me. And so what really sets him apart, though, is what we see. You can see it on the screen there, Exodus 33, 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend, right? Now, hang on to that, a, a friend, as one speaks to a friend. It's like any of you this weekend, or a good friend um, in, your, in your home, or a good friend at school, and like you're sitting there across the lunch table tomorrow or something, you're just talking like to a friend, one-on-one. I'm not talking about texting. I'm not talking about even on the phone. I'm talking about knee-to-knee, toe-to-toe, eyeball-to-eyeball, intimacy with God. It says that God used to speak to Moses like that. Now, we're on the other side of the cross, um, but uh, we hear from him in, in very specific ways. I'm going to talk about that today. Um, I, saw, um, I saw a survey, actually research done, by a group called Barna, the Barna Research Group. And it came out just last week. Uh, and it was on your generation, by the way. And you guys are now, every generation has a label, right? Y'all know who y'all are? Y'all are Gen Z, actually. You're Generation Z. So, you, so gang, you know, we talk so much about the millennials, Gen Z are everybody who's born from 1999 to 2015. Okay, so how many of y'all were born right about, let's say, 99, 2000? Any of y'all are seniors, right? So our seniors um, were born right around 99? Anybody? Yeah, okay. So y'all are 18-ish, turning 18 this year. So this group, 13 to 18, here's the thing. Um, You know, for years, uh, uh, theism, or how about this, atheism in America has been really right about 5 6%. Now, it's been you know, increasing a bit over the past 10 years, 20 years in particular. But this research showed something that in research terms, uh, it, it's called a spike. And what happened, you can see, see it on the screen here. Um, this group, Gen Z, watch this. That number doubles with this generation of, of those who claim to be atheists. Now, you know, atheists are those, ah, is the, is the prefix theist. The theist is one who believes in God. Atheist is, is non-belief, no belief in God. Now, i got a premise or a thought that these folks, sorry, haven't quite thought through this yet. Because students, you guys, and I've got to address this for a moment before I dive forward, because I saw this and it jumped out at me as well. So I'm going to give you a little coaching here. You guys are smarter than this. Um, to say that there is no God, immediately you have some questions. Uh, where did we come from? That would be the first one, right? People say, Jeff, how do you know there's a God? Well, we know there's a God because I always say this. How do you know God exists? If somebody asks me, I'll say, because you do. I say, what? Yes, because you do. Listen, I don't even need the Bible for this, all right? Think about this. It's called simple logic. It's cause and effect, right? For every effect, there is a cause, all right? So when I do this, like every time my hands hit each other, what happens? You hear the sound. We call it a clap. You hear it. Now, now you might say, well, that's kind of, that's, that's wild that every time he does that, there's a sound that comes. How crazy is that? Right? 
what if he, oh, you didn't hear it that time. Well, because, okay. So what happens is, see, the, the effect is the sound. The cause is what? My hands hitting each other, right? For every effect, there's a cause. And so you can debunk. I'm just, I'm just telling you, if it's true that more and more of your friends, I don't know, you know, you wonder about North Dallas, but if more and more of our friends are, are, are not believing in God, you've got to ask the question, okay, wait, 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 wait. Where did we come from? Because scientifically, you can't get something from nothing. Can't happen. And you can't get living matter from non-living matter. Can't happen. You don't go, like, here's a rock, non-living matter. Um, I think this is going to become a peacock, like maybe in a week or two. I don't know. Maybe you can't become, that didn't happen. And so you've got to think logically. It's just crazy. When I, I'm sorry, I, I had to get off on that because when I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? You know, you don't even need the Bible to talk about this. It's why most people, sure enough, still 95%, 94% of all Americans are theists. They believe in God. Okay. Now, not all believe in the God of the Bible. It can be very much this God out there, this force, you know, Star Wars kind of force or something, instead of a personal God that we can know. But here's what happens. The moment you say there is no God, you're faced with the three great questions of life. And what I'm going to do throughout this message is to walk through. There's three different series of three questions that I want us to look at. Okay. The first ones you come to are the three great questions of life. And, And here it is. If you say there's no God, You've got to answer these questions. Where did I come from? That's the one we just answered, right? That's a question of origin. What am I doing here? Question of purpose. And then where am I going? A question of destiny. And when you come to that first one, you realize God made us. That's the only answer, young people, adults. That's the only answer. Because God is the uncaused cause. And if that blows your mind, it should because he's eternal and you're not. You say, well, I, I can't believe in God because how could someone always exist? Um, duh, he's God, okay? If you can put him in a box, he's no longer God. If you can get your mind around him, he's not greater than you. And, and what happens is, you see, we start to address these questions. You realize the Bible gives us the answers. We already have the answers. Where did it come from? God. What are we doing here? God created us for his purpose, right? Where are we heading? Those who've received Christ? Heading to heaven. The Bible says those who have not received his grace, they die and they spend eternity apart from him in hell. The Bible's real clear about this. The Bible tells us what is up. The Bible even tells us in Romans 1, this is wild. It says that he has made it evident, young people listen to this, not only through creation do we know he exists. That's, that's Paul's way of saying, how do we know God exists? Because we do. Because everything else does. Creation proves that we exist. You prove that God exists, but in Romans 1, it says he's placed within every one of us a homing device. I mean, he is like, can I do more? He's done all that he can do to say, I exist. I exist. There's echoes. There's echoes of his his life in us. We've been created in his image, and we echo back the image of God because he's created us in his image for his purpose. And that's really wild to think about, that he's put within us this homing device that says, God exists, God exists, God exists. It's kind of like the, the guy who, this is why I say it, I don't believe there are any, initially, there, there are no real atheists in the world because of this homing device he's placed within us. Now, we can constantly throw the idea of God outside of our minds and decide we're not going to live for him, and God will say, okay, have at it. Watch and see what happens if you live as if I don't exist. Let's see how that goes. And by his mercy and his grace, we've talked about, he lets us go. 
and I mean face all kinds of stuff. By his mercy, he draws us back to him through the consequences of our sin. But the guy who is an atheist, the guy who's an atheist, is like the guy who went out and bought himself a new boomerang, and he about killed himself trying to throw away the old one. <laughs> there is no God. Whoa, 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 whoa. There is no God. Whoa. There is no God a baby's born. There is no God sun, sunset like you cannot explain. There's a God. There's a God. There is no God. What is this feeling of love inside of me? Is that the chemical reaction? That's a result of evolution? Are you kidding me? An animalistic instinct? This great love that we can share and feel and sense? There is a God, and he's, and he's shown himself to us. But here is the question we've said is the modern question of our day. It's the one that Pharaoh asked when Moses came to him and said, let the people go. And he says, who, who should I, why did I listen? Why did I listen to you? And he says, well, I'm coming in the name of the great Lord. I am the great I am has told me to come. Who, who, who? I am. I mean, how weird is that, right? With the Pharaoh, who, who sent you? I am who I am. I am who I am. And, and, and he's like, wait, 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 what? You see, here's, here's the question. Pharaoh asked the modern question of our day. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? And this is what your generation and every generation is asking. Who is God that I should obey him? I mean, the Pharaoh, we noted, was an affluent, educated, modern man. Who is the Lord? See, the problem in our day is not that people don't believe in God. Most of your friends, I know this, most of our people we know believe in God. But to believe in a God who's going to tell me what to do, no. No, 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 no. Or I believe in him as long as he'll tell me to do what I want to do. That'd be great, as long as he blesses me, as long as he keeps me comfortable, safe, and all those things. We addressed this last week. That he, he'll throw these plagues at us that say, no, wake up, wake up. Turn your heart to me. And so we're going to look at the questions that I think are most important because, yeah, Moses answers him by saying, I am who I am. Now think about this, young people. God is the self-existent one. Nobody defines him. He defines himself. So when your friends say, I think God's sort of like this. No, I think he's more like a loving grandfather. No, I think he's more like... A, like the, you go, no, 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 no. And this is God speaking in. He goes, no, um, no, I am who I am. Your friends don't define who I am. Even Watch this. You don't define who I am. I am who I am. Well, how can we know him? Through his word, through the Bible. That's how we know him. And ultimately, we know him through Christ himself. So here are the three great questions, the three great questions of our time. And if you take notes and students write these things down. First, um, that we looked at the, the great philosophical questions throughout all history. These three questions I want us to address, and, and ultimately the last one, which has been the focus of the weekend. Who is the Lord? Okay, we've already kind of answered that one. All right. I am the great I am, the self-defined one, the pre-existent one. I'm the creator of all things. But ultimately, we're going to see this. Uh, God, Yahweh, I am, has a name. Jesus shows up on the scene, and he inserts himself as the great I am. And we're going to see that today. And then number two, why should I obey him? 
Who is the Lord? Why should I obey him? That's, that's Pharaoh's question. And then finally, how do I obey him? And this is where I want us to land today. So go ahead and turn to John chapter 10. Um, and I want us to look at uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. And uh, Jesus is going to use here. So everybody turn to your Bible, John 10. And we're going to look at a passage that the students have kind of been looking at a little bit. But I'm going to unpack it for us here this morning um, rather quickly and then apply. And we're going to head off into the day. Um, celebrating all that God has done in our lives. Now, Jesus uses a common image here in this little uh, parable of sorts. Um, you know, his first hearers would have been tracking with him the whole time because uh, you and I don't drive, like on your way home today, I'm doubtful that you're going to go by and see a bunch of sheep out in somebody's like front yard. That'd be awesome. But, you know, you're living on Lake Highlands or somewhere, you know, nearby or here in the park cities and like, out on you know you got sheep out there like you built a sheep fold it's called like a like a little pasture area uh, or a guy walking down you know I don't know Hillcrest and he's got his sheep behind him walking along that would be amazing but it doesn't happen for the first hearers uh, of Jesus here they would have seen this all the time while he's talking they may be looking at sheep you know and so they understood what's going on here but what you need to understand is throughout all of, the, of Scripture in the Old Testament. Um, God would, would, would show himself as the shepherd of his people. In fact, it says in Exodus 34, uh, chapter 10 through 16, I myself will be their shepherd. Uh, Psalm 100, uh, verse 3, it says this. Up on the screen, you can see it. Know that, I, that, know that the Lord, there's that word, I am, the great I am, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So his people, Israel... Uh, are his sheep, and God is the great shepherd, all right? So hang on to that, because then Jesus comes, and he inserts himself as the good shepherd. And so a key verse, really theme verse throughout the weekend, John 10, verse 27, and we'll get to this. I'm, we're going to get to the text, and this is afterwards. So after he does this teaching, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I love that. He's a loving shepherd who takes care of his sheep, and once you're in his arms, once he is your good shepherd, he will never, ever, ever let you go. Look at, how, look at what it says. It says, they listen to my voice, okay? They know, they know him. He knows them. We know him, and they follow me. Today, I want to talk about what it is to know God, to follow him, and to trust him, all right? So look at John chapter 10, and we'll look at verse, uh, beginning of verse 1, all right? Now, this story is, is set in the context of a man born blind. Uh, we sang about it a moment ago. He, 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 and his testimony was, as they were trying to figure out, who healed you, and what do you say of this guy? Who was this guy? And the guy initially goes, I don't know. I, I, I don't know him. I don't know who he is. And he says, well, come on. Was he, was he God in the flesh? Did he claim to be God? And he said, I don't know. I don't, you ask him. I don't know where he is. And then he finally says, all I know, you remember what he says? All I know is I was blind, but now I see. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's all I've got. And friends, listen, you, young people, you have a story. And nobody can argue your story. And that's where they were struggling with this guy. He's saying, I don't know if he's God or not. I don't know if he's, I don't know. I just know I was blind, now I can see. And then the Lord goes and finds him, Jesus shows up, and sure enough, uh, he, he worships him and realizes he is the Lord. And then Jesus says this, because these Pharisees were coming after him, 
You guys heard about the Pharisees last night. Um, students did. And so in chapter 10, he says this, truly, truly, these are the same words, amen, amen, let it be so. I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, that's like the sheep pen, okay, sheepfold, by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has bought or brought all out all his sheep, his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee, that is, run from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, I know you, you guys have looked at this a bit, but to get all of our adults caught up with us, all right? Uh, Jesus is, is simply saying that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. I mean, don't get lost into all that. Wait, somebody gets in the different way. They climb over the fence. That's not what. And they go in. What? And it, Jesus is simply saying here that his sheep hear his voice. Now, this would literally happen when you get uh, off of the, the, the hills around Jerusalem they would come to a sheep pen. This still happens today. I've seen it. I've seen it in New Zealand. I've seen this. I've seen it in the Holy Land where sheep from different shepherds come, different flocks come, and they would end up in this one spot where they're all going to go like for the night. And let's, let's get them in the pen. Let's put them in there. And the shepherd who's out, out leading the way, he says, my sheep follow me. They follow him and they know his voice or he has some kind of call and they know his voice among other voices. The sheep can all intermingle and come together. And when the shepherd says, hey, you guys, mine, come, come this way. Here we go. We're going over here. They will sort and select themselves so that the sheep who are of this shepherd, they'll come out and they'll follow him and the others will not. Because as Jesus noted, the others don't know his voice. They, they won't follow that one. They'll run from that one. And so again, everybody listening would, would understand this. This figure of speech in verse six, he says, uh, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. That word figure of speech, by the way, the same word, we get the word parable, really the same root word. This parable he was telling them, they, they didn't understand. So Jesus again said, truly, truly. Now this is how he started the earlier part, right? So at first he said, truly, truly, I say to you. And now he, it's as if he's going, okay, let me try this again. All right. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You catch that? I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I love that. Not only do you get in, but you enter into this place, this space of freedom and joy. Being cared for by the good shepherd, good grass to eat and all that good stuff. He says, you're going you're gonna to have life. If anyone enters by me, he will be safe and will go in and out and find pasture. Look at verse 10. For the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Young people, listen, real life is found only in Christ. 
And what he's saying here, too, I think, is this. A lot of young people think, man, if I just had freedom, I can't wait to get my license, or if I can't wait to get out of the house, or if my parents wouldn't come after me all the time. You know, we, it's like I'm, I'm going to have freedom, thinking that freedom is doing ultimately whatever you want to do. Listen, young people, freedom is not doing what you want to do. Because we all have this bent towards sin and doing what we should not do that gets us ultimately into trouble. Not simply found out and in trouble, but we don't experience the joy of life and the joy of being protected and guided by the shepherd. Listen, freedom is not doing what you want to do. Freedom is doing what you ought to do. If you can't do what you ought to do, that's not freedom. That's called bondage is what that is. And the only way is to be in communication and walking with Christ daily. You find yourself in a pen. You see, God's will is not so much a tightrope. Okay, a lot of people think it is. Like, I'm going to miss it. Oh, man, if I miss this, I blow my whole life. I believe that God's will is more like a playing field. He says, enter into to my presence, into this pasture. Yes, I have boundaries. There are boundaries in the sheepfold. You can't run everywhere. But you can run. And I love watching you run. You be you. You do you. I'll do me. I'll be God. You be my child. I'll be the shepherd. You be the sheep. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. But you've got to stay right here, positioned to hear from me constantly every day of your life. The thing that separates the, the cultural Christian from the true disciple, the true sheep of God who are following after the shepherd is this. Sheep will position themselves to be led by the shepherd. The cultural Christian says, well, I'll show up at church and never open their Bible the rest of the week. I'll show up in church. I'm good. I'm, I'm here. This is awesome. I'm singing. I'm hearing a message. This is good. I'm doing church. Not even praying as a priority in life. That's not a disciple. A disciple pursues the Lord, says, I want to hear his voice. How do you hear his voice? Young people, listen, adults, we hear his voice through his word. He's already spoken to us. I wish God would speak to me. He does speak to you if you open his word and read it every single day. If you bring yourself in the presence of other believers, those who, yes, preach the word, those who teach the word, your parents who lovingly guide you by the word of God, you hear his voice. We hear his voice through prayer. We hear his voice through the church. We hear his voice, yes, through creation. But we hear his voice primarily as the spirit speaks to us by his word, the Bible. And if you're not in the word, no wonder you think you're not hearing from him because you're not. If you're in his word, he's constantly speaking to you. And the thing that you hear from him, above all else, above all else is this. Listen, as you're in his word, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You come to worship. I love you. I love you. I love you. Don't forget. Don't forget. I love you. I love you. I love you. You come around friends who follow Christ, who want the best for you. I love you. I love you what you hear. Parents who are guiding you in the word, guiding you in the body of Christ. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But it will not happen until you get in his word. And if you've learned anything this weekend, and parents, we've got to lead the way. We've got to be in the word. It's how we hear from him. Many people say, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And how do you hear from him? Moses spoke to him. 
He spoke to Moses face to face. And now on this side of the cross, because Christ in us, his spirit resides in us, the echo of God in us, his image, Christ redeeming us, we now walk with him. The shepherd speaks to his sheep through his word. But you've got to be in his word. It's why our connect groups are so important. And you've got to be in the church. How many of y'all have seen the new, um, what is it, uh, Planet Earth? Two is out. Anybody seen this? It's like on Netflix now. This is amazing. Is it awesome? It's like one worship sequence after another. You got to check this out. Um, in fact, Planet well, Blue Planet, I think, is on something right now, like real TV. But um, but if you watch Planet uh, Planet Earth Two, like the first one, it's just amazing the stuff they're catching on film. But they always every one of these stories or every one of these shows ultimately has, like you go on the, you know, the Sahara Desert or something, I don't know where they are, then the prairies of Africa. And um, they always have the scene with the wildebeest. You know what I'm talking about, right? They're out like, roaming around, running, and then the lions. And the lions are all up in there, barely moving around. And the lions come, and they're, they're, they're coming around to pride, and they know what's up. And they're watching for one. They're watching for one that looks a little weak. They're watching for one that'll move away from the herd. And when one moves away from the herd, little baby can't run that fast. Mama's kind of watching, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he gets out there, and then all of a sudden, and here comes the lions, and they, they surround him and jump on him. And it's all over. I mean, it's hard to watch. But that's exactly what happens, young people, adults, when we decide that we can do this thing called life in Christ apart from the church, apart from being devoted to being here, to be present among God's people, yes, weekly and more so as we're in God's word and with others who are encouraging us. If not, we're getting picked off. Satan is roaming the earth like a lion, Paul says, seeking whom he may devour. And here G Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, to rob, to take away. And if you don't stay in his word, positioned among God's people, the same happens to you. That's why it's so critical to be among your Christian friends. So let's break it down this way. Uh, experiencing the love of God, uh, the love of the good shepherd. Okay, first you got to know him, right? And then secondly, I want you to see that uh, you, you must follow him. You must know him, you must follow him, and then thirdly, you must trust him. You must trust him. So you got to know him, you got to follow him, and you got to trust him. And here's what Jesus is saying here. First, if you're, if you're tracking with me here, he says, I'm the good shepherd. You say, okay, he's the good, wait, I thought he was the, I thought he was the door. Okay, look at, look at verse 11. I am the door. And then in verse 11, he says, I'm the good shepherd. Wait, I thought he was the door. Is he the door or the good shepherd? Yes. I am the door. I'm the way. John uh, 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way in, by the way. He's the gate. He's the one in. That's really what he's saying. These others trying to jump in some other way. There's no other way. Only those who come through the gate, through Christ, are saved. He says, I'm the gate. I'm the door. And then he says, I'm the good shepherd. Look at verse 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, here's what's awesome. We know on this side of the cross, not only is he willing to lay down his life for his sheep, he has laid down his life for his sheep. He's already done so. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, 
verse 12, who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, that's not me. I am the good shepherd, and the sheep belong to me. I own them. They're mine. They know my voice, and I know theirs. Look at this. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Whoa, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Gentiles to come, not just the Jews, not just the Gentiles. How many Gentiles in the room? Anybody? Thank you. That'd be all of us. Okay, well, all. I mean, mostly all, not all. We've got former Jews here as well. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. Look at this. He lays it down. Nobody takes it from him. He brings it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture, young people. And as we wrap up the weekend, I just want to encourage you that Jesus is the ultimate shepherd in your life. There are three great questions that you can ask yourself every single day as you open his word and walk uh, with the Lord, position yourself to hear from him. We talk about it all the time around here. I'll leave you these practical questions. The three great questions of a disciple. What is God saying? What is God saying? How will I obey? And whom will I tell? God is speaking to us. And here's the thing. As you consider the fact that you must know him, I want to ask you, do you know him today? You must follow him. Let's all be honest. Are we truly following? Are you putting yourself in position to hear from him? The echoes of his love and his grace that's come to you, that guides us to obey him. Do you trust him? Trusting him means not simply, well, I believe in God. I'm one of those 90 some odd percent. I believe. That's not biblical faith. That's not trusting in God. Even today, some of you could say, well, I believe it's going to be a good day. I believe I'm going to take a nap today. I believe the Patriots are going to win that game. I believe That's not biblical faith. That's hope. That's wishful thinking. It hasn't yet happened. Belief in the Bible is based on what's already taken place. Faith is not about probabilities. It's about facts. The good shepherd has already laid down his life for you so that you would give your life to him. And follow him. And then listen, young people, here's, here's where this weekend goes. You're going to find yourself at school tomorrow. All of us are going to find ourselves at a Super Bowl party or at work tomorrow. And now God calls us to be the echoes of his grace. Christ in us. We enter into conversations with our friends. The way we love them, he calls us to go into our schools. And as we live our lives, as we bless others, as we share the love of Christ with others, they hear from him as well. The echo that has changed our hearts goes into their lives. And they hear this from God. I love you, love you, love you, love you. You sit down tomorrow with a friend. They hear God's voice by his spirit speaking in their heart through you. I love you, I love you, I love you. You go to coffee with a friend. I love you, I love you, I love you. You encourage a friend who you know is in need. I love you, I love you, I love you. 
and they start to hear the echoes of God's grace in their own lives, and they turn their lives over to him, just as many of you have done and some of you have done this week. So friends, let's go. Let's be that city on a hill. Let's be the voice. Let's be the echoes of God as we, the sheep, follow after our good shepherd who has laid down his life for us. So let's pray together. As we commit our lives to him now, as we go from this place, God, we thank you so much for the grace that you've extended to us in Jesus. We thank you for the echoes that have come into this place today and into our hearts throughout the weekend. God, I pray that each of us, from the eldest among us to the youngest, that we will position ourselves this week every day before you in your word so that we'll be reminded of the echoes of your grace, your love for us in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sin. And friend, I want to ask you today, if you've never received Christ, now is the time to just say yes to him by faith. To say, yes, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. You gave your life for me. I trust you with my life. I give you my life. Lord, I ask that you would speak into every heart, those who need to respond, those who need to join the fellowship of the church, to come, in, come into this sheepfold, to learn from you and be encouraged by each other those who need to be baptized, to be identified as sheep in this family. I pray you'd prompt every one of us, God, to move and to act, even today, to decide before we leave this place to commit to you. So, Lord, thank you for all that you've done. We give you our lives in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we're going to do this. Um, we're going to head out in just a moment. The band's going to kind of play us out. Uh, but what I want to do is just let you know next steps. Our next steps from here right now. Uh, if you have made a decision this weekend and you want to make that public, you want to identify with the church, we're going to be right over here through these doors. I'll be here. If you're a guest, I'd love to meet you. You can come over here as well. We'll just say hi. I'd love to get to know you a little bit. If you brought a friend, bring him by. Uh, also, if you want to come and join the fellowship of the church, many of you are considering that, or today you think, I'm gonna, I want to make that happen. I want to be part of this sheepfold called Park City's Baptist Church. Come find us right through these doors, right over in this corner outside the room, and we gladly welcome you if you want to come for baptism. Just come for prayer. We'd love for you to come and join us. So, as we head out, let's go as sheep among wolves, but know that the Good Shepherd is guiding us every single day. Let's 